sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to each one of you. Glad to have you all here this morning. Well, the topic I have for this morning is maybe a little bit different. I'm not, wasn't quite sure if it was actually um, fit very well for an opening message, so... If you don't think it's appropriate, feel free to let me know afterwards. <laughs> so what I'd like to consider this morning is I would maybe title it A Complete Life, or considering how we can live a vibrant, God-honoring life that allows us to be a blessing, both those around us, and allows us to grow in favor with God and man. We see that Jesus did. So some of these thoughts are not necessarily original to me, but I was blessed by them, and I trust you can be too. So I'd like to draw a diagram on the board before we get started. So sorry if it's um, hard for you to read, um, but we're, we have faith, family, finances, and fitness all in a ring there, and you in the center. And I would like to talk about integrating all of those five F's in our life. 
So do you view life as a competition between maybe your faith and your finances? Or maybe between work and family? And we have only so much time and there's only so much we can do. Uh, so our, um, our time is pulled different directions. And often we see them as competing against each other. But is that the way it should be? Do we need to see them as competing? So for a little word picture, I want to, to imagine there's a um, small grocery store down the street uh, that is failing. The store is failing and they're going to have to close soon unless you can provide them some help. So in last ditch effort to save their business, you step in and you want to consider what you would need to do to save this business. And you quickly realize that you need to, you need to um, study the neighborhood and population that this grocery store supplies. Possibly you're going to look at ethnic food preferences. You have to analyze the store's inventory, its pricing, and employee turnover. You'll want to look into the financial record-keeping. You'll want to look at the business cash flow and profit and loss. So which aspect of those that I listed would be the most important if you would want to help this business out? And the answer would be that the success of this business depends on all of them being integrated together. You can't, you can't signal one out and specialize or focus on a single one by itself and hope you'll have a flourishing business. So in our lives, it may be, I'm going to present to us that it could be the same way. Wherever. In order to have a flourishing, vibrant life, we need to be able to um, have all these five things in harmony and um, rather than competing with each other, they should be complementing and building on each other. So just briefly looking at what we're considering in each one. First one, our faith in God. Our human bodies thrive not only with the optimum amount of food and water and oxygen, but also um, in, with faith also. And so strong is this craving for faith that many people in the absence of faith in God will put their faith in something else. Because uh, as humans, we crave and desire faith. And our faith in God should be the framework or the skeleton on which our entire life is built and allows us to integrate all these areas into our life. And also family, um, when, is the, when it is built on God-centered um, principles, becomes a stable security or a cocoon, you might say, that we live in, where happiness is generated in which values are built and taught. And also family relationships 
give us durable, timeless bonds that last throughout our life. And also we see that, as Paul says, the husband and wife relationship is also a type of Christ in the church. So then we look at friendship and consider that almost everything that one achieves and every moment of joy is in some aspect because of a willingness of another person in our lives. And some of these relationships are with family or friends and others maybe with the financial aspects. But they are our friends that walk with us through many things in life. And on a larger scale, you can consider friendship as not just necessarily close friends, but also the churches and communities that we interact with. I also would like to conclude in, include in this. Our actions and choices affect them, and they, theirs affect ours. So then we look at finances, and in finances, your money um, has... Um, very integrated aspect with many of these others. And I would like to suggest that your money can be seen as a quantifiable indicator of how well you are serving those around you. It is a combination or aggregate of your time, skills, experience, persistence, wisdom, and relationship. And that's where our money is usually comes from. And then the fifth one is fitness. And physical and fitness includes the process and consequence of protecting and properly using and taming our bodies. We are neither angels nor apes. Unlike angels, because our bodies are required for our mission here on earth. And we're not like animals because we need to properly tame and control our bodily instincts. So now I'd like to consider some of the links we see between these various areas in our life. And I have some verses that I just have written down here. Save you a lot of turning. And these aren't necessarily in any particular order. Um, Obviously, I would say that our faith, like I said, should be the framework that many of these others are based that gives us our values. Uh, So just if we were to look at a link between faith and friendship in Luke uh, 10.27, says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And this was, uh, I think it was a lawyer that was talking to Jesus. And he answered him and said, Thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. That was Jesus answering the lawyer. So there we see that um, loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, very, very
very closely linked. And I would put that in the friendship category, loving our neighbor and loving God. And they were... Jesus also gave a new commandment in John 15, 12. He says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And there, once again, we're seeing a link between our faith in God and how it affects our friendships with those around us. So if we look at a link between um, family and finances, do you know what the poorest demographic in the United States is? If you consider who is the most likely, what is the most reliable indicator of poverty? Poverty, And the answer is that the most reliable indicator of poverty is being an unmarried male. And so sorry to those who are in that category. <laughs> Obviously that doesn't always hold true and there are um, large exceptions. But you can see, and it makes sense to us, how that uh, once a man is married... Um, the, the responsibility of family um, affects his finances. So they, on average, will be more successful in their finances when there is family. Um, Jesus also, in Luke sixteen eleven, says, If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Seeing a very clear link there between our finances and our faith. Where it seems like Jesus is saying, if you have not been faithful in your finances, your money, your unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches of heaven? I think it's implied true riches there. And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, um, which I'm not quite sure, I would, I'm thinking almost he's talking about um, God's riches that he gives to us. If you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give to you that which is your own? So it's almost, my understanding of this is almost like he's reversing this. So if we're not faithful with God's things, how will he give us our own Finances, I guess. That's how I would interpret that. Uh, also in Luke twelve twenty, talking about the rich man that laid up stores in his barns. Um, God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Once again, you see there, the, there's a link between faith and our finances. And I believe the key is um, the right balance between those. So let's look at the link between faith and friendship and also finances. And Romans 12, 10 and 11 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another, with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, 
not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And there, once again, we see a link between our faith and our friendship, because we're to love one another. And also, he says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Our faith will affect our business and work and finances. So basically, I'm just going through and establishing um, some of these links between these. Uh, Between faith and our fitness, in Romans, he talks about, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Uh, in Romans thirteen fourteen, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. First uh, Corinthians six nineteen. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And uh, and lastly, in First Corinthians nine twenty five. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And I feel like Paul is very clearly saying, the point I was bringing out here, how... The way we um, control our body and keep it fit both mentally and physically it is directly related to our faith with God. We keep our body and bring it into subjection. Both our mind and our actions into subjection to God. So what about benefits of, um, what about link between family and finances? And I think this is largely obvious that um, finances bring stability to a family. And mothers and fathers who are not financially stressed have more time and energy to devote to their children. And also research shows that finances are one of the biggest causes of marriage problems in the U.S. Just to show that all of these areas, we can't just focus on one single one and run with it and have a complete um, flourishing life. If you are, you know, if you consider the extremes, it's obvious to us. If you, if you spend, you know, eight or ten hours a day reading the Bible, but all you eat is potato chips, you're going to run into problems. Mm-hmm. Or, alternatively, you know, obviously a person who just spends all their life for their work and throws themselves into work, their families and their um, friendships and your faith all tend to suffer. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess that maybe one other thing I'll bring in here is the idea of um, you being in the center. Uh, in, in the Hebrew, there's a word for peace. That is, the Hebrew word is shalom. And Hebrew is a little different than English and that we do not spend a lot of time trying to understand one word like bark and what um, correlation there is between a dog's bark and tree bark because there is none. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. However, in Hebrew, when there's multiple meanings to a word, they are interlinked and they... Um, you have to understand both of them to completely understand the meaning of the word. And so in Hebrew, when there's multiple meanings, it is significant. So shalom has several meanings beyond the hello and goodbye or peace that we might know. And the other meanings are complete and pay. So shalom can also be translated as complete or pay. And so as we consider how these might intersect each other, um, imagine you were, um, you went to a store and you were going to buy a pair of shoes, so you walked in and you grabbed a pair of shoes off the shelf and you walked out the door. Is there peace there? No, there's not peace because... There's some, something missing. You didn't finish. It's not completed. So in order for there to be peace, what you would have to pay for your shoes. And then there is peace. There is completion. And you can... And so that's the sense that this Hebrew word shalom brings together completion and peace. So just bringing that together to our diagram, if you could would consider having the word shalom in the center that we are um, complete when we are complete then we have peace and our lives are well ordered and completed so when we can see these five areas in our lives as complementing each other rather than in conflict with each other then we can have um, that completion and peace in our lives. And if there seems to be a conflict, it's usually a sign that you are emphasizing one area as unique and distinct rather than part of a larger unified canvas. So that's all I have for you. Hopefully you can be blessed with that.